Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Good morning again. As you see from the sermon title, Living a Life of Influence, um, I want to speak to this topic this morning. Um, President Woodrow Wilson, he was the 28th president of the United States. Uh, Just so that you, for those of you that slept through history class, he was president from 1913 through 1921. And He related this story. He says, I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware of another man had entered the room. The man had come quietly in for the same reason as myself to have his hair cut. And he sat in the chair next to me. Every word that man uttered drew me to him. His language was not in the least bit showy. In fact, he was merely just showing a personal interest in the man who was cutting his hair. But before I got through with what was being done for me, I, be- I was aware that I was in attendance at an evangelistic service because it was Mr. D.L. Moody that was sitting in the chair next to me. I purposefully lingered in that room after he left, and I noted the exceptional effect that his visit had brought. He had changed the entire atmosphere of the barbershop. Everyone was talking in hushed undertones. They didn't even know his name, but they knew that something had touched their lives. I felt that as I left that place, is the same feeling that I feel when leaving a house of worship. My admiration and esteem for Mr. Moody became very deep indeed. What we're talking about here is influence. The influence that our lives have on the people around us. Jesus spoke of influence in Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but up on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What you have in these verses are the Christian's guide for living in the world. You know, the teaching of Jesus uh, here comes right after the Beatitudes, and, and it's a portion of the Sermon on the Mount. But if you could reduce to one word what Jesus is saying here, he's saying influence. 
Our, our Lord is saying that the Christian who lives according to the Beatitudes and who lives according to what he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, that that Christian is going to influence their world just as salt influences and light influences. You, uh, you who are the sons and daughters of the kingdom of God are the salt and light. You, know, you are to influence the world for good, for, for God. You know, our Lord is calling us to live lives of influence. Now, as you know, if, if you've ever tried to live according to the, the Sermon on the Mount, it's not an easy task. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples and for all who would become followers of him down through the ages. And Jesus says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Now, what's the point of this? Jesus is saying we are to be in the world, but we are not to be a part of the world. He has sent us into the world, but we're not to embrace it. We're not to love it. Now, when I talk about the world, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the globe, the planet. I'm talking about the system of the world, the, the ideas and philosophies and, and agenda of society and, and of the world. You know, now what Jesus is saying, though, seems like a pretty thin line, quite honestly. You know, how can we be in the world, but not be a part of the world? You know, we we're sent into and to be a part of the world, but we're not permitted to embrace it. So how do we influence? Well, Jesus is giving us the answer right here. We are to be salt and light. And so the salt to be effective has to be mingled with the substance that it's going to be affecting. You know, salt is distinct from it. You know, after we have this meeting this morning, uh, most of us will go and eat lunch. And if you're like me, you're going to salt whatever is put in front of you because salt is one of the food groups after all. So, um, you know, you, you get your salt shaker out and you salt food. Why do you salt it? Because it affects the flavor. It, and in Jesus's time, and even to this day, they salt things to keep it from rotting. And that's really the picture that, that we need to have. You know, um, in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, 
the, the Beatitudes, Jesus is defining the character, what a believer looks like, what a believer acts like. And in order for us to have influence on the world, we have to have that characteristic that Jesus is describing in the Beatitudes. You know, we have to live out the reality of the, the, the Beatitudes in order to be effective in changing the, 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 the world in the way the world is. Now, when we come in contact with the world, some of the world, a, a small amount, is going to respond in a positive way. They're, they're going to go, hey, I, I, I see that this is a, a better approach. But for the most part, the world is going to react negatively. There, there's going to be a, a negative response. Peter tells us in First um, Peter chapter 2, he says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a people of his own. And so what he is telling us is that we have something that makes us distinct from everybody else, chosen, royal priesthood, holy nation, a people of his own. Now, why? Why do you suppose that we are to be this? Well, he answers it in the second part of that. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You see, he's describing what salt and light do, what effect they have. The reason you are here on this planet, the reason that God saved you is so that you can be an influence on the world for God's kingdom. You know, that's why we can't surrender to the world. That's why we can't bow to the world. That's why we can't compromise to the world, even if it means that we are going to be persecuted. You know, that's that's the way we are to live. The whole point of this passage is to understand that it, we're, we are to be salt and light. And never under any circumstance are we to alter our commitment to that. Uh, you, know, the, uh, you know, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That's, you know, he's saying, do not compromise. Do not allow yourself to be pulled in to, to what the world says matters. You know, we are, to, we are to live for Christ. Now, Jesus is saying that we are to be different. I, you know, I did not say we're to be weird or goofy or geeky, you know, we, but... We're to be poor in spirit. We're to be mournful over sin. We are to be meek, not pushy. We are to thirst for righteousness. We are to be merciful. We are to be pure in heart. We are to be peacemakers. We get out into the world and we live right there in the, in the midst of the world. 
but we're different from the world so that people recognize there's something distinct. There's something unique. We are influencing the world. Now, again, what's going to happen? Most people are going to hate you for that. They're going to, they're going to respond in a negative way because you are revealing light, revealing darkness, and they don't want that. Now, if as the salt of the earth, we're not salty, we're useless. We are absolutely useless. If we are light and our light is not out, we're useless. You know, what good is a flashlight if you turn it on and there's no light? You know, what good is salt if it's not salty? It's useless. And what Jesus is saying is there is no plan B. You know, there, there are several things that we can pull out of this that, that's implied, that's understood. The first thing is, is salt is applied to things to slow down the rotting of it. Okay, so salt is put on meat and that doesn't mean that that meat will never rot. It just slows down the rotting process. And if uh, you're in a room and it's dark, you have to have light in order to see what's going on. It isn't going to get better. It, 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 the light just dispels the darkness. Now, think about how quickly things can, can rot and how quickly things can, can turn badly. In Genesis chapter 1, God created the earth. And he created everything on the earth. And it says that he looked and it was good. It was very good. Then we just go a few chapters down to chapter six of Genesis. And God has gone from saying it is very good about his creation to I see only evil continually. Just from chapter one to chapter six, we went from it's very good to there's nothing but evil. God made a perfect world. Sin entered into it. Evil took over and God destroyed the world with a flood in chapter six. We read about that. And, and because sin is present, sin is, is going to always dominate the, the world, it's, it's going to always dominate people's lives. It's going to dominate society. And it's, it's not going to ever get any better. And the only antidote, the only vaccine, since that's the word we like to use so much these days, the only thing that's going to fix it is God. Humanity is sinful from our birth. You don't have to do a first sin to become sinful. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. From the point of conception, we are sinners. So there is decay always 
present. Uh, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But good news, God has a plan. Jesus died on a cross for the sins of all humanity. And the plan is that when we accept Christ, when Christ comes into our lives, then we become a part of the light. We become the salt that is used to slow down the decay of society. And we, be, we become the light to dispel the darkness that is society. That's our job. That's why we exist. You know, the, in the prayer that Jesus prayed that I, I read from earlier, he said, I'm, I'm not taking them out of the world. I'm just asking that you protect them. Now, notice in verse 13, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. And he says, you are the light of the world. Guess whose responsibility it is to be salt and light? It's ours. He's not saying, try to be salt. He's not saying, do the best you can at being light. He said, you are the light. You are the salt. There is nobody else. You're it. You are responsible to slow the corruption. You are responsible to dispel the light. And that's why we have to live in the world, but we have to be distinct from the world. You know, we are to fulfill the plan that Jesus said about to fulfill. You know, we can't do it if we're corrupted by it, though. You know, we we have to. We have to be the, the one that challenges it, you know, and if we. If we become corrupted in morality, you know, if, if we are, are immoral, if we are embracing materialism, if we are pulled into self-centeredness, um, if, we're, if we're buying into the philosophies and the mindset of the world, then we're not salt. Or, or we're salt, we're just not salty. And we're light, we're just hidden under a bushel. When we allow this to happen, the world suffers because we're not doing our job. We're not fulfilling our responsibility. We're called to be separate from the world, but, but we are to be in, in the gap, if you will, standing in, in the presence of the world, making a difference. You know, and this is where things, things get a little difficult sometimes because we confuse being a good American with being a good Christian. We, we somehow think that those are interchangeable and they're not. May I, I, I I'm going to step into heresy here. The American dream is not Christian. It does not honor God because the American dream is live a good life, be comfortable, take care of yourself and don't, don't, um, you know, have, have a nice home, have a nice car, 
have good health, you know, have plenty of money in the bank, uh, you know, just take care of yourself. This says just the opposite. This tells us that we are to stand separate from the world, that we are to honor God and surrender everything and be used of God to make a difference in society. You know, um, literally, it, verse 13 says, the only salt of the earth is you. The only light is you. You know, we are in a broken, rotting society, and it's full of darkness. And the only salt that's going to slow its rotting down is you. And the only light that's going to dispel the darkness is you. And by the way, you here is plural. If Jesus had been a Texan, he would have said y'all, okay? Um, he's talking about us collectively. No one puts one grain of salt on a, a, a salad or one grain of salt on a, a piece of meat. You salt it. And then you salt it again and then you eat a little more and then you salt it again so that every bite has plenty of salt on it because salt is good. Now, the same is true with light. A city has many lights. It doesn't have one. It's got bunches of lights. So there's many grains of salt that affect the surface that it's being put on and a lot of light affecting the, you know, being put out by a city. Now, having said that, we still need to understand that we have an individual context in our life. You have to be salt in your world, in your, in your little sphere. You need to be salt in your home. You need to be salt in your workplace. You need to be salt Everywhere that your life takes you, you have the opportunity to influence, you know, like I said, read about D.L. Moody. He was one grain of salt in a barber shop, but he had an influence on everybody that was in there. We are to be that way as well. Now, Saved people, in other words, followers of Christ, are to be the salt and light. It's what we are. Like it or not, you know, you are the salt of the earth. Now, the only question is, are you salty? You know, you are the light of the world. The only question is, is your light shining? The idea is not, you know, Jesus isn't saying, Please be light, guys, because I really need you. Come on, fellas, please. Hey, I need you to be light. Come on, guys. That's not what Jesus is doing here. He's saying you are salt. Be salty. You are light. Shine brightly. Now, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing it? You know, look into your own life. Are you being salty? Are you being light? 
Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Philippians 2.15, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Paul said to the Thessalonians, you are not in the darkness, but you're in the light. Walk as children of the day. So what does light mean? We reveal. Isn't that what light does? You know, we we are the demonstration of what God does in a person's life. That's what light means here. We are to be living examples of God's truth being shown to the world. We are no longer to be in darkness. So as salt, we are to slow down the corruption of our society, the rot of our society. And we are to be light to reveal the, the truth of God. One's negative, one's positive. Salt slows down corruption and light reveals truth. Salt is unlike what it's used on. You know, light is unlike darkness. God has changed us from being part of the corruption, part of the rottenness, part of the darkness. And he has changed us so that we can now have an effect on the rottenness and have an effect on the darkness. But understand, there is no middle ground you cannot be part of the worldly system and, and at the same time be an effect on the worldly system. You know, we can't have people who claim to be Christians and yet never separate from the world. You know, either you are salty salt or you're not. There, there's, there's no negotiation there. And this is hard to do. I understand that. But there's there's reward to it. We must live above the world. You know, you you sprinkle salt, you know, you get above and, and you sprinkle salt. And when you turn on lights, you know, the lights are above us, you know, and, and, and that's God's plan. We are to live a elevated life. You know, where where God is using us to influence the world. Second Corinthians 2 15 says, for we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ unto them that are saved and in, and in them that perish. To one, we are savor of death unto death and to the other, a savor of life unto life. What's that saying? As Christians, among Christians, we are a sweetness. We, we support each other. We love each other. We enrich each other's life. We are like honey to each other. That's, that's called fellowship, where, where you support and build each other up and encourage each other. But to the world, we become bitter, uh, again, the, you know, the, we, be, we become something that they react negatively to. Our presence in the world is to slow 
down sin. The spirit of God in us is the one who hinders sin. But if the spirit of God in us is being walled off by our own sinfulness, by our own compromise, then we're not able to have the effect that we're supposed to. Our presence in the world should change conversations. Our, our presence in the world ought to affect people. You know, when we pass through the, through the, this life, people ought to go, wow, there's, there's something different in, in this, this individual. I, I can't exactly put my hand on it, but, but they, they, they're different. They behave differently. Their, their attitudes are different. You know, we as Park Baptist Church are to be salt in this community. Uh, we exist to slow the sin in this community. We are to be light. And it's our responsibility to reveal the truth of Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's the power of influence. And then as individuals, each and every one of us are out in society and we are to have an influence on the people around us, on the world around us. So my question for you this morning is, is to ask yourself, what is your influence like? You know, what happens when you enter a room, when you walk by? If there is no change, if, you know, if, if people don't feel a sense of, responding to who you are, then challenge whether or not you're being salt or whether you're, you're being the light that you're supposed to be. It's about influence. Let's pray. Father, please help us to be salt. Help us to be light. Help us to live so that the world can see who you are and that we belong to you. Father, this boils down to obedience. And that's certainly one of the biggest challenges in each of our lives. Help us to be obedient to the things in you that lead us to righteousness. The things that belong to your kingdom. Father, Help us to separate from the world, to, to not be drawn into the world, but to be separate and distinct, honoring you, living for you. And I pray all of this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.